Are you disturbed by the ups and downs of the economy? The nature of speculation is that you make more losing decisions than you make winning decisions. Are you dissatisfied with the usual mainstream analysis? Well, Albert, maybe you know. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> then join us for a critical discussion about the economy and the events that will shape your financial future. I don't know uh, where the market's going. Nobody knows. You're listening to The Economy. And those of you who are from Canada. With Albert K. Liu. You have a lot of explaining to do. And welcome to The Economy for Thursday, June 9th. Thanks for joining me today on the show about the economy and the events that will shape your financial future. Welcome if you're listening on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course YouTube. Thank you very much for joining me today. It's um, 20 past 10 on Wall Street, 9.20 here in Houston, Texas. Markets are trading down a little bit. Uh, the action overnight, though, was very interesting, so I'll just do that first. Um, emerging market stocks kind of struggling, but everything else is, is looking pretty strong. And so you see uh, commodities, developed market stocks, uh, currencies, even emerging market currencies, treasuries, gold, all doing well. And of course, this is quite interesting, right? So. Uh, if you want to sort of read between the lines here, uh, this looks a lot like uh, the inflation trade. This looks like basically bad news is good news. It's not the proverbial risk on uh, because you have treasuries and gold holding up very well. Uh, what this is, is this is, as Bloomberg put it, buy anything. Emerging markets suffering, but buy everything because buy everything and anything because the uh, ECB, the Fed, um, expect them to come in, expect them to come in with support. And that's what the market seems to be doing. Uh, we had jobless claims earlier this morning. Uh, benefits, let's see, initial claims for state unemployment benefits declined 4,000 to a seasonally adjusted 264,000 for the week ended June 4th. That's not too, especially, you know, when you talk about these types of things, the projections were not too much off, so probably not much impact there. Uh, sovereign bond yields. The morning yield on the UK's 10-year uh, government bonds fell to 1.22%, and that is the lowest since Bloomberg started tracking the data in 1989. Uh, so the pattern continues. German bond yields are hovering close to an all-time record low. Um, U.S. Treasury yields were at 1.678% at 6.05 a.m. And they've gone lower uh, this morning, at least they were uh, at some point. 1.66 is the yield on the U.S. 10-year right now. So markets are trading lower, as I mentioned. Uh, Dow Jones is at 17.935. That's down 0.39%. The S&P is 2110.1. Uh, that's also uh, a little less than half percent down. Same with the NASDAQ. Uh, oil, I think it retraced a little bit. It's down to 50.55. Now Brent, 51.85. That's down over a percent. Gold hanging in there. Um, 12.6730 is gold. That's up 0.4 percent. So, uh, just a comment about these numbers. So the the jobless claims came out uh, this morning. Before that, we had um, 
what do we had uh, the jobs numbers right uh, non-payroll numbers and I like to look at this from the perspective of the Fed chair and what they're trying to achieve so Janet Yellen now uses basically her speaking opportunities that the Ford guidance as a policy tool basically right so instead of changing an interest rate or changing a reserve ratio or doing something else she just talks and her talking is that's the lever Peter Schiff calls that open mouth operation so instead of actually going into the market you just get on the airwaves so to speak and so I put myself in her shoes if I was doing that and I was going to be making these statements like um, it looks like um, an interest rate increase in June or July would be appropriate provided jobs continue to improve. If I were going to say something like that and the whole thing was contingent on some jobs number, I would want to know what that jobs number was going to be in advance, right? And, or at least have a very good idea. And so I would try to find out. And I wouldn't doubt at all if, uh, if she had a, a pretty good idea of what these numbers was, were going to be before they actually came out. Uh, some people go further and suspect that maybe the numbers are rigged. I don't know if I believe that. Certainly there is some wiggle room probably. But an easier way to achieve the same thing would be just to have a peek ahead of time and maybe the numbers aren't finalized, but you sort of know the way it's going, or someone does. And if you can get access to that information, then you can just incorporate that. Uh, so these numbers, if that's what were happening, then these uh, economic announcements would basically be just another form, a proxy, basically another form of open market operation. Because if she already knows what the number roughly is going to be, and she incorporates that into her official remarks, then um, she basically knows what the messaging is going to be down the line. That's what I would do anyway, and these are smart people, so I suspect that they're also uh, looking into you know, the same thing or having those thoughts. Um, George Soros in the news, interesting. Soros said to return to hands-on trading, seize market shifts. Uh, so he has not been managing his own money for, I think it was a couple years. I remember when he converted the hedge fund to a family office. Uh, it was after the last downturn when all this regulation kicked in and, and really made it difficult to operate a hedge fund. Um, now apparently he's coming back in. This is uh, according to a, a source, unnamed source. And uh, the fund, uh, Soros Fund Management LLC, sold stocks and bought gold and shares of gold miners last quarter, anticipating weakness in various markets, according to a government filing. So, uh, so he hasn't been trading his own account. I wonder what he's been doing with his time. Any thoughts? <laughs> what has he been doing? Um, but this is interesting, not just that he's buying gold. I know, I know that other people are buying gold too. Gold is kind of popular again. So I guess that's not a surprise. Uh, mining companies, a lot of people agree that they're underpriced now. So I'm not surprised about that. The interesting thing about him actually coming back in and taking control though, because he probably, I mean, he's a legendary investor. Obviously, it's what he does. It's what he, he must enjoy doing. Uh, he probably saw back a couple years ago what was going on and decided that it would be safe to have his family office on autopilot, meaning him not at the reins, but the qualified people at the reins. 
uh, because he probably saw what was going on, that there was going to be a few years of basically QE and interest rate induced growth in equities and bonds, and that uh, it would be pretty easy to make money in that environment with a carry trade or whatever, whatever they did. And now the fact that he's coming back suggests that those times are over and that you're actually going to have to have someone pretty smart at the helm to navigate what's coming because what's coming is going to be uh, unpredictable and, and volatile. And I think that's the message to take here, not the fact that he that the, the filings show that he bought gold. Um, I, I think that's well known that, that gold is positioned well right now and that gold stocks are undervalued and, and are poised to do very well if gold rebounds. Uh, this is on CNBC now again uh, about Soros. Uh, billionaire George Soros is trading again and he likes gold. That's the Wall Street Journal. Carl Icahn says Soros has points with bearish bets, stocks falsely being propped up. Now they have been for several years now. And so the question I have uh, for Carl Icahn and, and other people, uh, and Drunken Miller, is why now? I really wonder why now? Uh, because these people must have seen what was going on for a long time. I guess they maybe just didn't want to spoil the party uh, because they've been making so much money. But uh, I really wonder why now. All of the problems uh, that we have in front of us were basically you know, created a long time ago and have been brewing for years. So I find it interesting that they're coming out now uh, and, and warning us about the stock market and liquidity in high yield and those sort of things and 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 uh, talking about what a great investment gold is we've known these things for, for quite a while uh, I guess my take would be that uh, this is now imminent not just inevitable okay uh, want to talk a little bit about the comments got some great comments in response to the last episode uh, but before I do that I want to um, put out a missing persons report for James Roberts last seen on the comments section criticizing uh, the EU and has not been seen since so Mr. Roberts hope you are doing okay and uh, if he incidentally shows up anywhere online issuing a Johnny Depp style apology for criticizing the EU right before the Brexit referendum, I will be very suspicious. Okay, um, got a very nice email from Mary from the Free State, that's New Hampshire, um, thanking me for the show. Thank you very much. I really enjoy those, those emails and uh, a lot of kind words from Mary. So thank you very much. She had two suggestions, uh, which I also enjoyed very much. She said, um, first, uh, try to stay as, as uh, indifferent to viewers' comments, positive or negative, uh, as possible because these may bog you down. And uh, you know what's funny about that? People, when I, when I started a YouTube channel, uh, I did have some friends warn me about that. Warn me, you know, don't read the comments. Don't pay attention to the comments. I actually enjoy the comments a lot. Um, and it's to the point where, you know, I can still read them all. And, and I enjoy them positive, negative. Um, <laughs> there's always some value uh, in, except for spam. I guess spam is the only thing that I get nothing out of, but the filters do a pretty good job of getting rid of that stuff. 
Um, so I enjoy the, the praise, the criticism, all of it. Even the, the, the stuff that I joke about on the other channel, uh, people making fun of my hair. I, I enjoyed the shallowness. <laughs> I found humor in the shallowness uh, of that. So, um, uh, so I'm not, I'm not getting bogged down by the comments. They actually, especially comments like yours, Mary, uh, they are uh, a large part of the reward that I reap for doing this show. So, and the other comment was also less commentary about haircuts and razors. Sooner or later, someone had to, <laughs> so someone was going to push back on that. And so, yeah, point taken. Um, who would have thought, right, that someone who subscribed to a podcast called The Economy and uh, a woman would not be interested in K-pop haircuts and men's grooming advice. Interesting. Never would have suspected that. But uh, but see, you you um, raise a, a dilemma now for me, because on the one hand, these topics are sort of like education for me. I mean, think about how far in life I went without. Uh, uh, exploring the option of uh, the safety blade and the wet shave and maybe there are other people out there who haven't on the one hand so I feel like this is maybe a bit of a public service but on the other hand I really value the um, six female listeners that I have and you know it's like supply and demand each one is very valuable like some, some somewhere 18 percent um, of the viewership of the female viewership uh, you're more valuable than my male listeners just from a from a standpoint of supply and demand so interesting problem I'll have to navigate this very carefully um, but this is a perfect opportunity to slip in sort of a, a neo-Keynesian cop-out right I can say well you know think about how bad it would have been if, if I didn't take the action that I did you know two shows ago these guys wanted to rename the show they wanted to call it the the product and manscaping report and, uh, you know, I push back on that. So just, just think of how much worse it would have been if I hadn't taken the current policy stance. Okay. Uh, next comment, uh, the Druin. Libertarians for Bernie. Now, isn't that an oxymoron? Sure sounds like one, right? Sure sounds like one. But um, no more than libertarians for Trump. And that's the whole problem. That's, that's the, the objection I raised about the marketing message of Walter Block's little experiment is that it, it gives the wrong message. Uh, if he was going to be consistent, he should have a Libertarians for Bernie, uh, who, by the way, was a high school classmate of Walter Block's. Very interesting. Uh, he should be, if he thinks that Bernie Sanders is preferable to Hillary Clinton, he should be supporting Bernie. Um, but doing it in this way would be, again, misleading. Right? It would be misleading because it would give the impression that he's actually for the things that Bernie uh, is promoting. And as Michael Gebhardt mentions, um, he would kill the economy if, if even half of the stuff um, was actually implemented. He would destroy the economy. Uh, Michael Gebhardt on Trump, I really don't understand Trump's appeal. He says un-PC stuff. Right, and some people love that. Okay, some people love that. Uh, but it's just all talk. And it's really just... It's... I, I guess it's it's just very cheap, right? Like, yeah, it's it's fun that he's pushing back against some of these things we don't like, but I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna support him because of that? No, no. Uh, Block favors him because he thinks he's better on foreign policy. Yeah, but how do you know he's not lying? What indication 
has he given that he's not completely lying? If you knew him personally and you had inside information, but, uh, but the average voter, how are you supposed to know he's not lying? You should assume that, that he is. He's saying what he has to say to get, to get elected. Uh, right, who knows what the guy is going to do exactly, exactly. And then as far as, uh, anyway, how about those INET people? And then Michael leaves a link to a YouTube channel. I looked at it briefly, and I have no idea what's up with these people. Obviously, they, um, I mean, I mean, this is just, they're just the instrument of the state, right? They're talking about how a, a certain amount of capital control uh, is optimal. Optimal for what? Um, so, yeah, I can see them favoring the ban on cash, capital controls, and all that. Um, I don't know. This stuff is, I have to have a really clear head before I can look at this stuff because I have to not only listen to what they're saying, but tr try and understand where they're coming from. Uh, it's not like, it's like reading Keynes for me is far more taxing than reading Rothbard because the logic doesn't flow. So I'm constantly having to back up and find out, figure out what I think that he was trying to do, <laughs> even though most of it's wrong. Okay, and the last question, probably my favorite, uh, really picked me up yesterday is Chris from California. This is just gold, pure gold. Barnes & Noble should also stock Western civilization and the region formerly known as Europe. Ah, gold, I love that. Um, that is a good comment. Um, Barnes, for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, uh, we are trying to help Barnes & Noble. They, they are struggling and uh, the business plan that I perceive them pursuing is one where they actually sell products that are obsolete or soon to be obsolete. And yeah, obvious choice, right? Western civilization. I mean, you can just imagine a guy walking into Barnes & Noble, hey, I'm looking for Western civilization. The guy says, oh, aisle two. I don't see it. All I see is uh, the 10th Amendment. Keep going, Second Amendment. Keep going, Magna Carta. Keep going, you're almost there. Logic, okay, just a little bit more. Ah, Western Civ. Thank you very much. Looks broken. It is. <laughs> when are you getting more in? Never. Have you tried Facebook across the street? Yeah, all they had was surveillance state. And I already have that. <laughs> Great stuff. Love that. Chris from California. Not only do you get the show, you could actually do the show. Perhaps we could work out a deal one day if you're ever looking for a podcast. I have a, a used one I could sell you. Lightly listened to, almost new condition. And that's the economy for Thursday, June 9th. Till next time, take care. The Economy was brought to you by WB Wealth Management an independent fee-based financial advisory firm, and the Woodlands Bullion Company, your exclusive source for precious metals. Visit us online at wbadvisors.com. The Economy is produced by WB Wealth Management in cooperation with Mixignal Innovations, LLC. This program is intended for informational purposes only and is not an offer to buy or sell securities or alternative investments. 